So as we continue to deal with compromise, today we are going to talk about a specific compromise that was made in the book of Joshua chapter 7. So children of Israel, if you remember the history, in Joshua chapter 6, word of God says children of Israel, they had a major victory over the city of Jericho. We read that in Joshua chapter 6. Now they are getting ready to go in war against a city by name Ai. So they are ready, they are preparing themselves to go and fight with the city Ai. So this, they sent spies to the city of Ai and then you know the spies went into the city and they came back and they told Joshua the people of Ai are, are very few, not many people out there in the city of Ai. So we don't need to send the entire army like what we did in the city of Jericho. We don't need to send the entire army to the city of Ai. But instead, we can send only the selected men to go and fight against the city of Ai. In fact, they said we need to send only a few thousands of men to go and fight with the city because it's a, such a small city. Now Joshua decided to send 3,000 men and they got eventually these 3,000 men went and fight against the city of Ai and the children of Israel got defeated. Now they got such a major victory in the city of Jericho and moment they achieved that major victory they moved on to city of Ai and there they got defeated. And verse 6 says, if you come to chapter 7, verse 6, Then Joshua tore his clothes, and he fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord, until evening he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Can you imagine what was going on there? Joshua lying on the floor, you know, his forehead is hitting on the ground, and he is lying there in the same position from morning until evening and all the leaders and elders they were just putting dust over their head as if something really happened yes there's something really happened they lost with the city of AI you know there was they, they were totally discouraged and they were not sure how do they move from this place and word of God says in a Joshua inquired of the Lord and you know what the Lord the Lord spoke to Joshua but Joshua asked, Lord, why did you bring us to this place? Why did you allow your children to be defeated? If the people of Canaanite, if they come to know that we got defeated in the city of Ai, what are they going to do to us? They are going to destroy us and they will make sure that we, we are not in the face of the earth. They will completely, they will wipe us away from the face of the earth. Lord, why did you allow that to happen to us? Then the Lord spoke to Joshua and the children of Israel and the Lord said in verse 11, Israel has sinned against me. Israel has sinned against me. That's what the Lord said. The Lord said they have compromised the command and the instruction that I have given to them. Children of Israel, they compromised the command or the instruction that I have given to them. What was God's instruction to children of Israel? 
God told the children of Israel very clearly when you capture the city of Jericho and when you are totally destroy the city of Jericho let's go to Joshua chapter 6 verses 18 and 19 when that happens to you when you get into the city and completely destroy the city you know this is what you need to do verse 6 18 of chapter 6 and you by all means abstain from the accursed things lest you become accursed when you take off the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Verse 19, Joshua 6. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. You know, there were two very clear, very specific instructions which were given to the children of Israel. When you plunder the city of Jericho, what you need to do? You should, be, you should abstain yourself from the cursed things, the cursed objects of the city of Jericho. You need to keep them away. You, you, you need to keep yourself away from those accursed things. That's the first thing, number one. And second thing you need to do is, verse 19, but all the silver, gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they are consecrated to the Lord they belong to the Lord and they are supposed to get into the treasury of the Lord the instruction was very clear the instruction was very clear but then as we read from chapter 7 they got defeated in spite of listening to the instruction from God word of God says in verse 11 chapter 7 Israel has sinned against God Israel has sinned against God how the instruction of God was compromised there the instruction was very clear they had experienced the hand of God in the city of Jericho God performing all that they were doing is they were just shouting and praising God and the walls of Jericho was falling down such a huge and tall wall was just falling down in front of their eyes they believed in the Lord and they know you know what God can do what God can achieve through them but in spite of all these things you know what of God says they compromised let's read verse chapter 7 verse 11 in what way they compromised verse 11 says Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them for they have even taken some of the cursed things God told them very clearly do not take the cursed objects but then what of God says you know they compromise there by taking the cursed things and have both stolen and deceived or lied and they have also put it among their own stuff they took the objects which God prevented them. God told you abstain yourself from that object. They took that. They, then also they stole. They, they have stolen and they deceived the Lord. They have lied to the Lord by taking some of the objects that belong to God. That belong to God. You know later in the text if we continue to read. Not the entire people of Israel compromised. But then we come to know. A man by name Achan, he was the one who compromised. Let's go to, as we keep our eyes on verse 11, let's go to verse 21. Verse 21 says, now this is a testimony or the word of Achan. He says, Achan says, when I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them and they there they are 
hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it you know Achan was the man who compromised in spite of listening to God's instructions Achan he went forward and he took those things which God prevented them God said don't touch and he also coveted or he took the, the silver and gold that belonged to God Almighty you know putting these two verses together verse 11 and verse 21 what are the compromises they made what are the compromises Achan made I think this is very very important number one they have taken some of the accursed things they have taken some of the accursed things what they have taken a beautiful Babylonian garment verse 21 says a beautiful Babylonian garment number two they have stolen what belongs to God's treasury and they lied and what really I can took from there 200 shekels of silver and a verge of gold of 50 shekels and number three what compromise they made they mixed the accursed things that they have stolen along with their own stuff and put them under the carpet they just buried them under the ground they hinder hidden those things in the earth in the midst of the tent you know this is these are the three different compromises that Achan made in his life even though in spite of God telling them very clearly do not do it then they end up in doing it because you know before they even sinned they compromised Achan compromised even in his thinking that he wanted to do it he wanted to do some things which God said no what was compromise verse 12 let's go to verse 12 chapter 7 verse 12 what was the result of the compromise therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies the reason for their failure the reason for their defeat in front of Ai was since they have sinned against God since they have compromised but turned their back before their enemies because they have become doomed to be to destruction neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the cursed from among you you know this is very very important verse 13 says get up sanctify the people and say sanctify yourselves for tomorrow because thus says the Lord God of Israel there is an accursed thing in your midst O Israel you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you you know God told them the reason for their failure the reason for their defeat was because they have sinned against God that's the reason they got defeated so we read the result of their compromise in verses 12 and 13 12 says God is about to depart from them unless they destroy the cursed things you know that verse very clearly tells us you know if we compromise in that way by taking things which God prevented us to deal with even God is ready God is about to depart from that place and verse 13 says you will not gain victory you will not gain victory if we take away the cursed things and keep them among yourselves one man's compromise brought a total defeat for the children of Israel you know that's the reason we say even today in our families it is important that even as little compromise even my our little child who she or he makes can bring you know great defeat 
to us as a whole family together. That's the reason, you know, we need to serve the Lord together. We need to serve the Lord. We need to follow the Lord very closely because we don't know when the enemy, through whom the enemy is going to enter into our lives, enter into our family. You know, here we see Achan, one man, because of his sin, sin is entering and God's punishment is coming upon that family. So let's talk about that little detail, the kind of compromises that he made. There are three things I talked about. Number one, Achan coveted the cursed object of Babylon. Number two, Achan coveted and stolen what belongs to God. Number three, Achan brought the cursed objects into his house. So let's combine number one and number three here. Number one says Achan coveted the cursed objects of Babylon and number three says he brought the cursed objects into his dwelling. So he coveted the cursed objects of Babylon and he brought them into his dwelling. That was number one mistake that Achan made. Children of Israel couldn't get victory over the enemy. The city of Ai because they had what is called cursed in their lives, in their tent. The cursed object of Babylon was brought into their tent. The cursed things, the cursed object, when it is when we say it is cursed, there is no blessing in it, except you know there is no blessing of God in it. There is only the curse of God. When we see there is no God in it, obviously we see the influence of the enemy, the devil, in it. The word of God tells us that it was a beautiful Babylonian garment. What was wrong with that garment? There was nothing wrong. That was not, there is nothing wrong in that garment because the garment was such a beautiful Babylonian garment. And why it was considered as cursed? Probably the purpose for which it was made. The purpose for which the, that garment was made. Maybe to decorate some of the idols of Babylon. Or maybe to wear that garment in that ceremony where the pagans, they worship their gods and goddesses and dance before them. Probably this garment was used and the purpose for which it was made, it was not to bring glory to God. That's the reason probably it was called cursed. You know, women say that it was, probably it was not that object, not, not the garment which was used for idols. You may say that it was another garment, another Babylonian garment. But probably it looks the same as the one which was used for the idols. It was not just the same thing which was used, but it appeared to be the same one which was used for the idols. Even then it was considered as cursed. We may even say that it was not in Babylon. Now it is under the tent of the children of God. We may say that it is now in the presence of God. Because if you know, the presence of God was not only in the tabernacle. It was there even in all the tents of the children of God. As they were putting their tents in the wilderness, as they were resting there, the word of God says the presence of God went to the, even to the tents of the children of God. Every family was guarded and protected by the presence of God. And we may say that the Babylonian garment, it is not in Babylon. It is brought into the presence of God. 
Now it is in the tent of the children of God. But still it is called cursed. Still it is called cursed. Because it had Babylonian roots to it. It had Babylonian roots to it. Word of God says, having such an object in the tent of Israel is considered sin. That's what we read in verse 7 of chapter Verse 11 of chapter 7. Israel has sinned against God. It was true that the presence of God was there in the tents. But God's presence, instead of removing the curse of the object, the very presence of God departed from that place. God's presence was there, but God's presence was not trying to remove the curse on the object, but instead God's presence departed from that place, from their tents. It is true that God's, God has all the power over all the curses on this earth. But you know, God doesn't work in that way. Wherever the presence of curse is seen, the presence of sin is present, Many times we see the presence of devil, evil there, but not the presence of God. We know that God is everywhere. God's presence is everywhere. But then when the place where we see the activity of devil, the activity of evil things, the activity of compromise, the activity of sin, at times we feel God has nothing to do with them. God has nothing to do with those places. God's presence is no more there in those areas. Achan compromised by bringing in a cursed object into his house. The question that we have to ask is, what is that Babylonian garment in our houses today? What is that Babylonian garment, what are those cursed objects in our houses today that we are holding on to? Now God is very particular about it. We may be children of God, but we allow the Babylonian things, the ungodly things to hold on into our lives and our house today. You know, we find God's presence is no more there and we need to get rid of this Babylonian garment in our lives now I just want to take it a little more deep into it today as we are talking about in this context I want to tell you about the way devil works the way devil works you know sometimes you may have difficulties in believing this but this is how it works this is how he works devil gets attracted by at least three things maybe four things Devil gets attracted by objects. Devil gets attracted by sound. Devil gets attracted by smell. Even devil gets attracted by sight at times. Again, I will repeat that. Devil gets attracted by objects. Devil gets attracted by sound. And even devil gets attracted by smell and even sight. The objects that resemble the idols, objects that resemble idols, even such as you know the laughing Buddha, you know some some houses we see you know some of some such idols, even such an idols or statues of deities and statues of saints, they have ability to attract devil. They have ability to attract devil. If devil finds such things in our house, the evil spirit comes and they reside in these objects. I'll repeat that for you. The objects that resemble idols, 
such a laughing Buddha. And you know, so many idols we see, people keep it as a, you know, as a fancy stuff in, in, their, in their showcase. Those objects we are talking about, the statues of saints and statues of deities and statues of, you know, statues of different things. You know, devil gets easily attracted and devil finds such things. Once he finds such things in our houses, the evil spirit comes and evil spirit, they reside in these objects. And you know what? They claim ownership. Not just that object, not just that house. Even our lives, they claim ownership in us. They claim ownership because they devil know that very clearly. I see an object that belongs to me and I have all the right to sit and to reside in those objects. You know, even if you don't worship them, those things are worshipped somewhere else. And they know about it. And they know that God doesn't like us to keep those objects of worship in our houses. You know, even if we don't worship them, as I said, they are worshipped somewhere else. And the devils, they know. Devil knows about it. You know, you may know how devil knows about those things. And devil knows that very clearly. God doesn't like us to keep those to deal with that object because the same reason God didn't like Achan to bring that Babylonian garment into his tent for the same reason God doesn't like us to keep those objects which you know they don't belong to us and devil knows that because God doesn't like because devil knows the first three commandments very well today whether we know it or not devil knows the first three commandments of God very well what are those commandments Exodus chapter Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3 you shall have no other God before me Exodus chapter 20 verse 4 says you shall not make for yourself a carved image any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth you shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. Now God knows that. God has instructed very clearly. Do not make any object. Do not keep any object. Now I'm not really talking about you know uh, the non-Christian people keeping objects. Okay, they they you know they keep they, they do keep certain things. Of course, they are dangerous. We are talking about that too. But you know more than that, I'm talking about you know children of God who know God very clearly, who understand the Word of God, who read the Word of God, who listen to the Word of God, who who pray to Jesus. You know they keep such objects in their houses maybe for some reason we don't know what, for what reason and devil comes and resides in those objects and he claims ownership in our lives and how dangerous these objects are in our lives and God wants us to get rid of all such idols in our homes God wants to clean up in our houses mom and God's presence is not there devil claims ownership you know, he gained access into our house. The moment he gains access to our house, through something, through some object, he gains access to our family. He gains access to our individual lives. And that's the end of it. Devil takes full control and authority. 
You know, I have seen this in, with my own eyes. You know, I used to work with a, a man of God um, uh, in India, Dr. Clifford Kumar. You know, some of you would have heard about him. You know, he is very well known to work with the demons. You know, he is very known where the demons is. He can, he can cast, cast out demons and there are, you know, many deliverances God brings. And at one point of time when he was casting out a demon, he was asking the demon, right? Where are you coming from? You know, demons are, you know, at times they lie. At times they, you know, give the truth because they try to confuse us. And the demon was telling that, just look at the showcase, there is an image there, there's, a, there's an object sitting there, there's a toy, it was just a toy which they considered, but it appears to be a human as well as an animal mixed up together and that's how the toy was made. And the demon very clearly told that I'm just hiding behind that object. I'm just hiding behind that object. You know, there are many instances I, co I can quote, right? So it is true that when we give room for such things in our houses, if our house is not thoroughly cleaned up, you know, devil can gain, gain access to into our places. And secondly, I said, devil is also attracted by sound, certain rhythm. The repeated strumming of certain beats which are played before idols. The moment the devil hears that he'll be able to recollect it. Oh this sound that belongs to me. And he comes right there. He comes right there. It may be any kind of rock music or pop music. moment you start strumming those patterns of rhythm, you know, those beats, devil will be able to recollect it and we see his manifestation right there. Devil gets attracted by sound. You know, that's why it's important what music we play in our cars. What music we play in our churches, in our houses. It is all very, very important. Thirdly, devil gets attracted by smell. The incense offered to idols. If you use the same incense, the same smell, try to bring that in our homes, devil gets attracted to those smell, that smell. And he is seen right there. And children of God, it is time that we need to clean up our houses. All that we want to see in our houses is the word of God. You know, I don't want to keep anything other than the word of God hanging in my houses in the wall. Or just, you know, as Debbie was saying yesterday, just keep the walls clean. I prefer to keep the walls clean. Or just hang, you know, the, the word of God in the walls. Because word of God, they have life in it. And they will speak to us. Word of God, you know, they, they speak to us, they deal with us. And every time we read the word of God, you know, it's like God speaking to us. We see the presence of God there. And also I said, they will also get attracted by sight. So that's the reason it's important. What do we watch in the television? What do we leave the television with our children? What do we leave our children with in the television? It's very, very important. What do they watch? Devil can get easy access through what we see in the internet as well as in the television, through the television. And devil gets access into our lives. And Achan brought that cursed object into his house. And the curse of God came upon the children of Israel. The second curse the second compromise Achan made was Achan coveted what belongs to God. Achan coveted what belongs to God. In chapter 6, let's read verse 19 again. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. You know, God doesn't want us to compromise by touching what belongs to God. Now probably I believe Achan would have thought 
how much he took? He took 200 shekels. 200 shekel is approximately 2.26 kilogram of silver. It's not too big. And how much is uh, 50 shekel? 50 shekel is around 0.5 kilogram of gold. That's all he took. Like you would have thought, there are thousands and thousands of shekels of silver and gold which are about to get into the treasury of God. How does it matter now if I take a little bit of silver and gold for my own purpose? That's what I can, that's where, you know, that's, that's exactly, that's a place where he compromised with the instruction what God gave to him. So compromise came in the way into our lives, you know, in two different ways. God doesn't want us to touch what belongs to God. How much smaller it may be. You know, if we are not careful, we easily compromise in those things by coveting. What of God says, you know, he even took that what belonged to God. We end up in stealing that belongs to God. God doesn't want us to do it. Taking what belongs to God for our own purpose is almost same as not giving to God what belongs to God. You know, taking what belongs to God for our own purpose is also equivalent to not giving to God what really belongs to God. And God doesn't want us to do it. God doesn't want us to compromise in our giving. Now I'm not saying that we are not giving. We are all giving to God. But then God expects us to be sincere in our giving. God wants us to be sincere in our giving. Sometimes you know we don't realize we carry money in our purse which doesn't belong to us it belongs to God sometimes you know even we have a bank balance but then not the entire balance belong to us it belongs to God some amount of it belongs to God God wants us to be sincere the way we give to God God wants us to be faithful in our giving he doesn't want us to compromise in our giving. Achan put his hands and he touched what belongs to God. And that's where we see the wrath of God coming upon the children of Israel. God wants us to give one-tenth of our income to God. I'm not sure whether you know about it. The Old Testament, what of God says very clearly, the one-tenth has to be given to God. God's work. Even in the New Testament we see Pharisees and Sadducees. They were strictly following and they were giving one tenth not there in their income even in, in whatever they handle. You know even small even if they take you know even if they buy uh, you know, a few kilograms of lentils or whatever they buy they make sure one tenth of it that belongs to God. They were so strictly following. But you know what Jesus said sometime, you know, we think about and we say that one tenth belonged to the Old Testament. You know, only Old Testament uh, teaching was one tenth. But you know what Bible says in Matthew 5.20? Matthew 5.20, Jesus said, Jesus said, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, if they give one tenth, God expects us to give more, I believe. God wants us to give more to the work of God. Achan, 
he was putting his hands to touch even what was not belonging to him. Achan was holding what belongs to God in his tent and the wrath of God came upon him. God doesn't want us to compromise in giving by holding the tithes and offerings that belong to God. Word of God says Achan simply robbed God. Achan robbed God. We don't want to rob God. We don't want to take what belongs to God. You know what in Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 says? Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say in what way we have robbed you? And God said in tithes and offerings. In tithes and offerings. Tithe is one tenth of everything. It may be our monthly pay. It may be our hourly pay. It may be the scholarship we receive. It may be the tips we get. It may be anything that comes as an income into our hands. The one tenth that belongs to God. Now once you start giving it to God. You will experience. I am sure there are witnesses here. Those who have given to God. And experienced the blessing of God. We don't give to God. Expecting that God is about to you know, pour multi, multi times in our lives. We don't expect to give to God. Expecting that you know, I am going to win lottery. We don't give to God. Expecting that God is expecting me to give it to him. Because he deserves it. Because I give it to God. Because it belongs to him. I believe it. I give it to God. Because I know if he doesn't give me. I don't have anything with me. I give it to God because I know that he deserves it. It's the secondary thing whether he gives it to us or not. I'm sure he gives it back to us. He blesses. He doesn't leave us like that. He blesses. So one tenth of everything. Let's practice that. Let's bring that as a practice. So that we will not live like Achan in our lives. We don't want to touch what belongs to God. So we tend to compromise not only in money. At times even in other things. One tenth in everything. Giving our time to the work of God. Giving our time to the work of God. Just think about it. Just a thought. Giving our time to the work of God. Do we give one tenth of every day to the work of God? I need to question about myself. All of us need to question. Do we spend that time? Maybe spending time with family. Teaching them the word of God. Praying. Meditating the word of God, singing some songs, edifying each other, maybe telling, sharing gospel to someone. Are we able to spend that one tenth of our time for, for, for God's purpose? Or are we holding on to those things which belong to God? Our talents. Are we giving it to God? Or are we holding those talents which belong to God? God has given us. Are we holding that for our own benefit? What about our children? God has given our children to us. Are we giving them to God? To God's work? For God's purposes in their lives? Or are we holding them saying that oh, they need to grow up and they need to bring, you know, come up in their lives and they need to settle very well. They need to take care of me and my family and my people. Are we holding them? God expects us to give what belongs to God. God. Achan compromised by taking what was considered as cursed into his house and he was stealing what belongs to God 
and not giving God and keeping what belongs to God with himself for his own benefit and I believe this morning God is speaking to us there are areas I need to correct in my life there are areas we need to correct in our lives there are things that we need to clean up in our houses in our lives as we have room for the cursed things to live with us they are somewhere hanging on to us they are somewhere seen today God is expecting us to remove those things God is expecting us to clean those things shall we just close our eyes and ask God